0: become who we want to be as individuals and at the end of the day going how help us be a successful
1: offense and a man one-on-one coverage because the safety rolls to jefferson's side Jordan love
0: hit me up the night of the draft you know was just congratulating me letting me know it's ton of work um aj dylan was open arms cotton rock caught a ball with his thighs we didn't nah, even
1: talk about that. it was more of with his ass if he throws a good ball this is a running catching touchdown untouch right. like if kp does like these flips after every win and I'm like just waiting for him to do his flip. You know that we still love each other. That's what football brings us. Across the safety space.
0: So you can tune in anywhere that you guys follow us on social media. Welcome to the Practice Squad podcast. Episode 77, Super Bowl Week is upon us. Lots and lots to discuss. Um, you know, we had the Pro Bowl this past week, so it's really our kind of our first. Sunday of, you know, no football, right? Like there's football, but it's not real football. It's the first one that you have to deal with after the season. It does stink. But while there's a little bit of buffer, while there's a little bit of pause, Mark and I thought it would be a good opportunity to kind of dedicate this episode to doing a season in review. So we're going to pull up all of our receipts, all of our predictions, and discuss how right or wrong all of them were, And then we're going to preview the Super Bowl. So we're pretty stoked on it. Um, Mark... Before we really get started, what are your thoughts on the modern Pro Bowl? I know that it's like, you can't make it a contact game. Do you think this is the best option available? Because personally, there's a couple stupid mini games, stuff I don't like. I like it. I like the the flag football on the short field. I like the dodgeball. I like the quarterback competition. Like, I think there's some good stuff. I think they're doing the best they can with it.
1: I uh, I mean, I think it is what it is. It's better than playing a half-assed football game where they're like, you know, touching each other and, and not even trying to tap each other, the score is like 200 to 160, you know? So I think it's definitely better than what it used to be the last few years. I mean, they used to try in the, in the Pro Bowl. I mean, you look at some some famous hits, like Sean Taylor lit up a punter on a fake mm-hmm. punt in a Pro Bowl. So Correct. it used to be relatively real football. Um, and thank God they finally, as it got softer and softer, and I don't blame the players for not wanting to risk their careers and injuries and health on a meaningless Thing like the Pro Bowl is supposed to be celebrated. You know, you you earned your way there. It's a little vacation for those guys. It's a little extra weekend of fun, and I think a lot of fans appreciate it. I mean, I'll never watch any of that shit. I'll like it's. I I like football. You watch I the dodgeball game. No, dude, I look at like I'll see like clips and stuff that people will send me like John sent a couple clips to me or, you know, hey, wow, why is Derrick Henry so good at dodgeball? Like whatever. To me, I'm not going to go and spend my time watching that. I'm going to watch football when it's on. I pretty much just look more at the Super Bowl during the Pro Bowl week. I'm like, I'm just can't wait to, for the real big thing yeah. that actually matters, you know? Right. But no, that's better than it was. Definitely.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's like I said, they're making the best of of it because making it like trying to make it like a contact football game is going to work. Last thing that I want to hop into that's kind of like new and noteworthy is, uh, you know, Detroit based podcast. Uh, Brad Holmes did his end of season presser and talk about whipping out receipts. I first of all I had never seen a general manager do an end-of-season presser like that and two I've never seen the media in general talk so much about things that were said he was going he was literally like taking reporters (laughs) receipts from the 2021 like Penny Sewell draft like a guy that was you know mad at him for for not drafting a quarterback and said that Ife too was you know a wasted pick and all this stuff and like he wasn't even doing it to, like, be an asshole. He pretty much was just saying, like, trust the process. We've made it as far as we have in three years, and we're building this to sustain it. It was an awesome press conference. for If you're a Lions fan and you don't really pay attention to Lions media, highly recommend you watch that front to back because it was it was pretty funny. Um, and, you know, it, it just makes you have a lot of faith, I think, of where, this, where this organization is headed long term. I think Holmes, uh, you know, is probably going to be the general manager of the Lions for a long time um you know sheila ford has just done an incredible job you know top to bottom um when it comes to hiring in that building from medical staff to coaches to general manager to presidents to executives you name it um she's crushed it as the the acting owner so that's that's my take on
1: it uh makes you feel good about where the Lions can be headed next season you forgot another big piece of key news cliff kingsbury's back in the nfl Back as the OC, as the Washington Commanders OC. As the, OC. the Ray
0: uh, Commanders OC, because apparently Raiders didn't want to give him a three-year contract. Very interesting. And guess uh, where the it's Commanders fishy. are picking? Guess where yeah. they're picking,
1: Mark? Second overall.
0: Yeah, interesting. Uh... I feel like
1: that's got to be to try to get Caleb Williams, right? I mean, I think he probably went to the Raiders like, hey, what are we doing to get me a quarterback? And they were like, nothing. And he was like, all right, well, I'm going to go somewhere that has a draft. Like, I'm going to go somewhere where he coached Caleb Williams at USC last year. So Right. No, I I think that's
0: got to be it, right? Like, I don't think you're putting yourself in that position to then, you know, coach Drake May or something, right? So now what do the Bears do, right? Because if you're if you're picking a quarterback, I assume they would be picking Caleb Williams. Now, Commanders or, are there.
1: Problem is the man. Commanders. The Commanders showed pretty clearly who they want. So the Bears have all the power in the world. The Bears really could win this draft again, like they did last year, trading I, their first. That's what. I, that's but what they I'm could really double down and get. I mean, they could get a shit ton from them because it's pretty darn clear that they hired Cliff because he wants Caleb and they want you're, Caleb. And that I,
0: I don't like this as an NFC North fan. Um, or a,
1: a you know another team a fan of another team in the NFC North the Bears are going to be they're going to be dude because what they're going to probably do is they is trade back I think Drake I think Drake May is the better prospect anyway I think he'll be a better pro than Kenny Williams that's
0: where I'm that's where I'm headed with this is you're going to trade back
1: you're going to trade
0: away you're going to trade away Justin Fields that's going to be a lot of draft capital between those two things I don't yeah. know what but a good chunk and then you're going to draft your franchise quarterback. And then you're gonna have the ammo to maybe go get you know another one, number one receiver. Continue to well, best you your offensive you line. Could get, grab you can get. You can try rusher. to get.
1: You can get, Try. You can try to get Dotson or Terry McLaurin from the Commanders in part of that one-two swap. Dude. You're not. You're gonna have because the Commanders are gonna have to overpay for that number one pick, especially because it's uh, Caleb Williams. I mean. A lot of people are really high on him, and the commanders clearly showed who they want by their offseason moves and who they just hired and, and everything like that. So they're going to have to do whatever they can to get Caleb Williams, and they're going to have to overpay for him now. So the Bears are going to get a shit ton of picks. They're going to get a still probably the, the position uh, value that they wanted with Drake May. They still have a chance to get Marvin Harrison Jr., depending on who else they trade for. Um, I mean, it could get interesting.
0: It could, it could get really interesting. And this is the time to kind of speculate on these things with the season now. Um, and then, you know, another interesting part about the, just the coaching hire narr- narrative before we really get into kind of looking at these receipts, you know, Bill Belichick and Mike Rabel did not end up, uh, coaching a team, which is very interesting. I think both of them are strong candidates and, and nobody ended up biting on them. Um, everybody's locked in, man. Um, And the Ben Johnson, speaking of commanders, Ben Johnson drama continues to stew up. They seem really upset that Ben Johnson decided he didn't want to go with them. It is hilarious that we're like a week and a half after that entire thing happened. And and they are still uh, kicking and screaming about it. They
1: must have really wanted him because (laughs) I don't know. I mean, it also makes them like a full smear. It's a it's not. They obviously really wanted him. But I guess the way that Ben Johnson went about handling that probably wasn't the most professional way to do it. I don't really, I mean, to me, it's like, whatever. Like, if I don't want to take the job, then I'm just going to, however I say no to the job, it doesn't really matter. Like, you you guys are billionaires. Like, I'm sorry that you guys were about to board a, f- a flight to come see me or whatever, and I said well, no. Well, they were
0: also going to interview Aaron Glenn, so that they are blowing their own cover by saying they were never interested in Glenn in the first place. Yeah, I, it's um, a whole... And two, Johnson told them 24 hours after losing the nfc championship game that he wasn't interested anymore it sucks for them that that lined up that they were already on a plane to come to detroit by then but it's not like he like waited until they landed walked into the building and told them to their face no like he he pretty much gave himself 24 hours to think about it then was like nah let's reload like it was it's just hilarious like the amount ima- like again a week later we're still talking about it because a, a huge article dropped today from the athletic Basically just smearing Ben Johnson and saying that like he's a horrible person for how he handled that. It's like, okay. Whatever. Like, Good. Sounds, Put yeah. bad news.
1: We'll keep Great. him. We'll gladly keep him say. in Detroit. I was like, make Ben Johnson. He, maybe like he is a really bad guy. Ever. He's the worst yeah. guy ever. Keep worst him in Detroit. person on Earth.
0: Um Yeah. So we'll we'll gladly deal with it. Anyways, uh, we're gonna get moving on the graphics here. Um first things first, actually, uh, we're gonna go. Not all the way back before the season started, but about halfway through. And why is that? It's because Mark had... And let me stop sharing real quick because I suck. And I think I just went on it without audio again. Also share tab audio. I do that. I'm very sorry. I'm just dumb.
1: There we go. Call me crazy. Make fun of me all you want. Bookmark this and come back later if I'm wrong which I don't think I will be, but the Chiefs will represent the AFC in the Super Bowl this year, and they'll most likely be playing against the 49ers. They have drop problems.
0: And this was early December, so before the, the playoffs even started, and Mark uh, you know, called the, uh, the Super Bowl matchup accurately. So shout out to Mark there, um, knowing pretty much going into the playoffs how this entire thing was going to happen, um, and that's exactly how it shook out. And I think Mark has more bold takes in reference to that. Um, the other thing that I want to show, and I'm going to have to stop sharing my screen again, because StreamYard's not making this super easy, and that's my apologies, um, is our fantasy football video. Um, I like rookies in fantasy football. I always like trying to take flyers and and see where I can get with them. Um And so... I did a two-minute video talking about five rookies that I really liked going into this fantasy season. Um, Let me know if you recognize some of the names that pop up. All rookies have risk. Here's five that you can take in your upcoming fantasy football draft. We recently just did a huge episode covering all of our fantasy football picks on YouTube. Make sure to tap in and check it out. First, we have Jameer Gibbs. Gibbs is probably going to be a day-one starter alongside David Montgomery behind one of the best offensive. 1,200 yards, 11 touchdowns. His route running and receiving ability is awesome. He was okay. (laughs) Yard <laughs> he peaks. was fine his speed will contribute to yards after the catch easy <laughs> mid-round pick here Next, we have Zay Flowers. This might be a hot take, but I think by the end of the season, Zay Flowers will be wide receiver one in Baltimore. Wide receiver his one in Baltimore. His middle sure. ability also <laughs> might take some targets away from Andrews, and his yards after the catch ability makes him a reliable fantasy prospect. Next, we have Sam Laporta. And while it's no secret that... First TE1 since
1: 1988.
0: To to the NFL, I think this is a great late-round Pro
1: Bowler as a rookie. He's some of the high-tier oh, yeah. tight That's ends. A but Michael Mayer is so much Austin better. Brown
0: is going to get a lot of the defense's attention in the middle of the field which is going to create favorable matchups for Sam DeBorda meaning Jared Goff is going to love to target him. Next we have Jordan Addison and this one's simple. He's on the opposite side of Justin Jefferson. So you can He do was up and down, and type player. But when Jefferson
1: played, favorable matchups. He had a great year. Easy points. Yeah. And last but
0: not least, Jackson Smith and Jake. And this is the My only one I, concern I would with JSN say I didn't hit is on. that Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf are also going to share some of those opportunities. However, he's incredibly talented, and this might work to his benefit as he's going to get favorable matchups with those two guys bidding away attention from the defense. So, yeah, so that I would say JSN was the only one that I didn't hit it. On,
1: I'm still giving on that. that a for as a rookie, though, John, he still produced and you warned it. You warned people in the video like he does have Lockett and Metcalf. They're going to steal a lot of his. Touches and points. JSN had a pretty darn good year concerning he was a receiver three. Like, right. Yeah. I mean, he 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 was was still still
0: solid. I, I, then I think he'll continue to develop. Like, I'm definitely, I mean, I think he's going to, I don't know what they'll do with Lockett, but you know, I think whenever it's his contract year, I think JSN's going to kind of be that guy. Um, and yeah. And and JSN also broke his arm going into the season. Drew is pointing out right now. Um, so here's the interesting, uh part of the episode is is, and you're gonna see kind of like a variance in not only the graphics but the quality of graphics because i had to whip up a few of them last minute going to this episode but we did divisional previews for every single division going into the season and now we have a templated formatted graphic that will be better about this for next season but we had win total predictions for every single one of them and so this is a situation too where we're gonna go and you know put our money where our mouth is for every single one of these um and then I have a sloppy graphic somewhere showing, <laughs> yeah, where all of these ended up. So I'm so Drew seeing this right now and vomiting. Um, so we're just going to go one by one here. Um, AFC North wind totals. Uh, I predicted that the Steelers would go under eight and a half, the Browns would go under nine and a half, the Ravens would be over ten and a half, the Bengals would be over eleven and a half uh mark went over on steelers over on browns under on ravens over on bengals um so spot checking this correct me if i'm wrong i went one and three and mark went not great either two and two two and two all right so not so great on the afc north uh biggest thing about this division is we said it was going to be a bloodbath it was going to be super close these teams were going to beat up on each other and then i think Joe Burrow starting things off uh, with that injury and then obviously having the season-ending injury, season, endri- uh, season ending injury midseason uh, kind of threw off these predictions a little bit. Um, I thought Steelers were going to be worse than they actually were. Um, but it's the it's same situation with Tomlin where it's like, great, you pat yourself on the back for having a winning season and then you... Have a first round exit
1: in the playoffs. I'm not really sure. Dude, he hasn't won a playoff game in a very long time. Like, yeah, Ray Tomlin hasn't won a playoff game since like 2014 or something. It goes under Maybe the radar too. Um,
0: Browns still put together a very successful season um, with Joe Flacco at the helm for about half of it. I think they it started... happened
1: the way that I thought it would happen with you know over nine and a half wins. But sure as hell didn't think it'd be Joe Flacco leading them to that
0: weird situation. And obviously, I've been. Very bullish on the Ravens this entire season. Um ended up being the one seed in the AFC. Um, I, you know, thought they were the Super Bowl team for the AFC. Obviously that didn't pan out um, in the AFC championship, but I'm pretty content with the fact that I said this team was gonna turn things around and be a juggernaut. And uh, you know, AFC championship I think is good validation there. Um Lamar did not do much to help his choking in the playoffs narrative though. Uh, that is for sure. And that is going to continue to last for at least another season because they had every opportunity on the planet to, uh, you know, make you are what happen. you
1: produce, man. And he's produced the same result. <laughs> several Drew, years.
0: I, is Drew Upset about you picking the under there though. So <laughs> I don't know. If I he mean, he just came and hovered over it for a second.
1: <laughs> yeah. Whatever. Two and two.
0: I'll take it. <laughs> oh no. Drew, I, it's a lost cause. We have so many graphics to go through. You just got to we just got to roll with it. Um NFC North. Now, I went under on the Bears mark went under on the Bears. I went over on the Packers, mark went under on the Packers. I went under on the Vikings, mark went over on the Vikings. I went over on the Lions, mark went over on the Lions. Only one I got wrong here was uh Bears um i think what what we seven win team mm-hmm. oh wait so no i was right there I, did i sweep this i think
1: i, think you I did. it.
0: let's go um and this one we actually had a, a prediction rankings here too and uh bears and vikings ended up with the same record so you can you can say you know whatever about that but i predicted that accurately as well packers did end up being better than i think people expected them to be. Um, I think Mark went into this highly skeptical of, of them to being able to perform. And I, frankly, it, they shocked me what they were able to do after Thanksgiving. They looked like a totally different team. And again, I think this division is going to be a wagon next year. I think the bears are going to be really good. I think the Vikings are going to be solid. I think green Bay is going to continue what they did in the second half of last season. And the lions are obviously going to be really good. This division, I think it's going to, it's going to be all eyes on them um, next year. I think all four of these teams don't, just have playoff potential, but, you
1: know, like potentially playoff wins potential as well. The question really just becomes who's the quarterback of the Bears, who's the quarterback of the Vikings, you know, that's the big thing. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the division's got a ton of talent. They got some good coaches in there. And I think the division even this year overachieved. I think they achieved more than most people thought. I think every one of these teams achieved more than most people thought aside from the Vikings, but they lost their starting quarterback. So they were on track too. Probably be a team that was right around the nine or ten win range. Now speaking of the quarterback, what
0: do you think Kirk Cousins is? What's going to happen with him? I mean, because look, he I think wants to stay in Minnesota. Two things that keep nagging in that sense is he's expensive and they have to pay JJ. And also their GM in general is just not a fan of him. He's made a lot of like passive aggressive comments over the past two years about his opinion on on Kirk at quarterback. So
1: I don't know what they're going to do. I I would I would probably think that they're leaning towards moving on from Kirk. Um, I do think that Kirk wants to be there. I think that their coach wants Kirk to be there. I think most of their team has bought into Kirk. And I think that he has earned the respect of that locker room. He's, I think the face of that franchise right now. Um, so I would think that he wants to be there. I think that he has to take a pay cut to stay there though. I don't think they're going to pay him the full value that him and his agent are going to bargain for. And I don't think they should, I don't think they should pay Kirk cousins as much as he's going to ask for. I think he's got to come down a little bit. If he wants to stay and be in a situation that's friendly to him, like Minnesota is, he's got to take a pay cut. Um, if he wants to go and max out and get this one last huge payday as he rides off into his last few seasons into retirement, then I think he goes and signs for a huge deal with one of these garbage teams and he'll probably struggle. You know what I mean? So um, it's up to him. He's made a lot of money in his career. I think he'd be an idiot to go and try to get greedy at this point. I mean, he's, he's made a shit ton of money uh, for what he's done production wise on the field. I think that he takes a little pay cut, tries to pursue a super bowl, stays on a team that can compete in this division and can complete compete and make the playoffs and maybe make a super bowl push with the right draft picks and maybe build around him. Uh, but if he, if he gets greedy here, uh, I don't see how it works in Minnesota. Yeah, I, I agree. I don't think that he's going to get a
0: massive payday in Minnesota, especially with the other guys that they need to pay. And I agree too. I think, I think winning does matter to Kirk cousins at this point in his career. He's got his um, bag. Like, yeah, you know what I mean? He's yeah, he so ar- much he already got the bag. He built a huge house in Minnesota that I, I'm sure he'd prefer to enjoy, um, rather than you know have to you know buy something wherever else he goes. And then at his age, I would prefer to be throwing to that receiver core with a pretty solid offensive line and a dang good defense. Like that's which is what they're looking at for next season. I mean, Flores had them playing really good defense uh, by the end of the season last season. Offensive line has its holes, but isn't bad. Um, they don't have a run game, but they do have Justin Jefferson, Jordan Addison, TJ Hawkinson as their receiver core. Not, not the worst situation to be in. If you're a quarterback, um, you know, similar reason why I think, you know, golf is going to get paid, but I don't think he's going to break the bank because I think golf sees what Detroit has done for his career. It's literally reinvigorated it completely. And that's because he's in a really comfortable situation. Right. So I don't know. That's at least how I, how I see it. Um,
1: Bears a lot of question marks.
0: Like a lot of questions.
1: Too. The Bears are the wild card of this division, but they also could be. They could be the best team in this division if they get their quarterback thing figured they, out. They could. I be really good, do man. think. I do think that they could be the best team next year in this division, if they have the quarterback situation, if whether that's Justin Fields and you commit to him and you get the pieces around him and you, and you, and you create an offense that's friendly I to I think him. that's less likely. By the way. I do. I agree. I agree. Yeah. But I think that that, that would make them a very good football team as well. Or you go the younger route with a Drake May or a Caleb Williams. And you, if you use your draft pick, right, you can get either one of those guys with a ton of bonus picks and players um, and you bring in another vet receiver like Terry McLaurin to pair up with um, your, other, your with DJ Moore and, and these tight ends that they have, I mean, that's a pretty friendly situation, whether it's Caleb Williams, Drake May, or Justin Fields playing quarterback okay. for you. That's a good situation. Plus, your defense is loaded and, and was a very good run defense, probably a top three run defense all year long. And they've created turnover. like that. That is a team... To look out for. You're not the Monsters gonna of the Midway yeah. could become the true Monsters of the Midway and the Monsters of the NFC North next year if you don't be careful. If these other teams take them lightly, it could be a long year for these other teams.
0: Dude, I'm getting stoked just talking about this division. This is four damn good teams. By the way, we have merch for every single one of these four teams. So if you're we a do. fan of any one of these four teams, then we picked the right division to kind of start our merch line with because... <laughs> Um, all I think all three or all four of these teams are going to be like winning seasons and potentially you know, um, not just in the playoff bubble like I said, but I think like being able to make a pretty strong push come December next year. Um, and all
1: four merch designs are sweet too. They're so
0: sick. They they are sweet. I hate the Bears, and I probably will buy a Chicago one at some point just because it's it's a vibe. <laughs> um, all right, AFC East, which I think we have rankings for this one underneath too. We sure do. Um, we're not gonna talk about that. Actually, we are. We're forced to. We're going through their seats right now. Um Ugh, this is ugly. I said Patriots over seven and a half. Ugh. Um, Mark under corrected that predict or corrected that predictably. I actually am gonna roll with that. <laughs> Dolphins nine and a half. We both said under. Um wrong there. Jets, we both said over. Bills, I said Asterisk. over. Mark said under. That's the biggest thing is. Our entire predictions got screwed up because Aaron Rodgers, um, for those that don't know, uh, tore his Achilles actually on the third play
1: ever as a Jet. Um, That's why you look at these, dude. We're I'm not gonna like. Don't even try to discredit us here for having. We had the other order correct. Like so two, three, did, two, three, this, four. We had perfect. Right, and we're good. I mean, the, the Jet. And, and by the way, I still believe to this day that if Aaron Rodgers had remained healthy all year long they would have won that division. Yeah. I believe that. I truly I so, believe too. that. That's the power of one player because everything was going their way. They had momentum. They had the the belief and the spirit and the culture behind the team and everything went to hell once he went down because you don't have a quarterback in this league that you can lean on and you don't have a veteran guy like that, that, that can win you games and can carry you when things are tough. Um, you're not going to be very successful in a competitive division. So Look at this, laugh at it if you want, but you're an idiot if you think that this is that far off from being accurate. It's one injury away from, I think, being pretty damn accurate.
0: What is going to happen with that team next year, though? Is I think Rogers, they'll be fine. Rogers will be fine.
1: Are, I don't know, man. You it's... are, listen, man, they're going to be fine. They have a good Very good, solid defense with a defensive-minded coach and a very good defensive coordinator that I think should have been a strong candidate for being a head coach, even though they were so bad this year. Very, very well-liked, very good dude, and he's a smart coach. Uh, Sal is a good coach as well. I think he's a player's coach and he's going to let Aaron Rodgers kind of lead this thing the way he wants to. And I, th- I don't think there's necessarily anything wrong with that. They have key weapons at the tight end position with Conklin, who we've had on the show a couple times. They got Garrett Wilson, a young upcoming receiver with the right quarterback is going to become a pro bowler. Um, you know, you probably have to get rid of a couple of those guys like Cobb and Lazard, and, and maybe they're eating up a lot of cap space and replace right. that with a younger, maybe fresher set of legs. Uh, at the receiver position that can help balance out Conklin and Wilson, but defensively, dude, you're set.
0: And offensively, you have a Hall
1: of Famer at quarterback and a good running game. You have a Brees Hall.
0: The biggest thing I'm concerned about is their offensive line. I, if I were them, I would dedicate a lot of draft capital to trying to fix that problem this year.
1: Do I it. Think, I think
0: that's your biggest hole, and maybe like a, you know, a better, uh, wide receiver too on the other side of uh yeah i mean
1: but you know john you like you're kind of you're getting nervous about the jets you know like aaron Rodgers is healthy they're going to compete in every single game and they're going to win the majority of those games and they're not a team that anybody wants to see in a playoff appearance like the jets are a very dangerous football team not just because of aaron Rodgers there's other there's other reasons to be scared of that team right so and they don't lose anybody like they're not and they i mean they were a seven win team without aaron basically with nobody at quarterback with like i know yeah so and they were they were competitive half the season without aaron Rodgers. like they almost beat the chiefs who are about to win the super bowl in six days yeah you know um
0: yeah and and you know bills obviously turned up dolphins looked really good um so yeah i mean i'm not gonna beat us up too bad about this one definitely a massive asterisk uh to our Jets prediction, but it is what it is. Um, NFC East. Mark, Mark and I were big on the Commanders going under. I said over on the Giants. That does not age well. I said under mm. on the Cowboys. That does not age well. We've all said over on the Eagles. We did not predict the NFC East very well. I actually think, what did Commanders go? Okay. So we were right on I was three and one. You're three and one. Oh, you did say over. Okay. So that's really me. And I'm just trying to loop you in with me because yes. I did horrible predicting this. Um and look, I'll say this much. Um obviously Giants surprised a little bit um with how much they regressed. Cowboys overachieved in the you know regular season, but then greatly underachieved in the postseason, obviously. And uh Eagles um
1: forgot they how they had 12 football. wins. Do they have 12 wins or eleven? I think they got stuck at eleven.
0: They they got stuck at eleven they were like so they ten wrong. and they were like yeah. ten
1: and one, weren't they? Yeah. And then won one game in their last 7 weeks. They forgot how to play football halfway through the season. Straight up. That's insane. I mean, were, that should be, that they, should count. That should that count was, as an over. That, that was, was the insane. worst
0: offensive and defensive implosion maybe in NFL history. Um obviously, you know, putting Patricia on that seat was not a good move and then they they just ran a very like, you know, vanilla offense the entire season. Now, they've already made moves to try to fix that. Um Moore is a good hire. Kellen Moore is a great hire. Then um, they bring back Vic Fangio too. I, I mean, I which I think that's a great hire. This team is Nick Sirianni,
1: uh, by the way, is basically gonna do nothing. Like no. those coordinators are going to do everything, and he's just yeah. going to sit back and reap the be benefits. Be a frat dude, and yes, yeah, like... dude, because Sirianni. I mean, let's be honest. From the freaking opening press conference that he had has been a. Sh- I mean, if they didn't have like the the year they, the year last year that they go to the Super Bowl, like I'm not crediting Nick Sirianni much on that. I think they had a really good roster. Um, Great I think that. G- they had a great coordinator. Jalen Hurts was healthy with his legs. He was able. It was a true dual-threat guy. They had the best offensive line in football. They had a great running game. And they're, they, were, they were aggressive in free agency and went and got A.J. Brown at the right time. Like, that's why they were... And their defense was pretty darn good, too. They could get out Look, for the passer. You just need
0: a guy to be the face of, like... Philadelphia vibes if you're if you're and that is Sirianni I'll give him credit he's a
1: douchebag he's a (laughs) tough guy to like and that's how most people from Philly are you know Philly sports fans are tough people They're. I'm
0: sorry Philly look I actually I I have a soft spot in my heart for Philly for a lot of reasons but like
1: don't they don't they don't care about you John
0: well I was gonna say uh their vibe as a sports uh you know I don't know what you want to call sports city is just like the it's one worst. of one. it is a it is a dumpster on fire 100 percent of the time it is unreal um, they
1: they have high standards they hate everybody else that comes in there um they are all about their team and that's it they don't they, they don't will like they will burn else.
0: down the city win or lose too and that's a really important fact i which i mean shout out for being consistent i guess um nfc south wind totals uh this one could have been worse. Actually, no. I think I went one and three again, didn't I?
1: <laughs> I think I went three and one.
0: You, you went under on everybody except... Or well, yeah, you're right on everybody. I was off about the go. bucks. I was definitely yeah. off
1: about the bucks. Um, but I went under on all of them, and I was three and one, I believe. Yep. Um, and I was one and
0: three. So... Another not great division predicted by me. Um, I'll credit my Saints bias for that. Um, Panthers obviously were historically bad. So Mark and I at least got that aspect right. Um, That was the infamous Mark saying that the Panthers, what did you say? It was like terminal terminal cancer and like something else at the same time. Having AIDS
1: and terminal (laughs) cancer or something like that.
0: Yeah, and and what Mark's analogy was was their receivers were slow and bad, and their offensive line was horrible at pass protection, and that was a one-two punch that made them completely ineffective as an offense, and that is one hundred percent what happened on the field for pretty much the entirety of the Panther season. I, dude, they traded up, got real aggressive to go get Bryce
1: it's Young. Not a good time to be. It's not a good time to be a Carolina fan. They. You're dealing, with, you're dealing with that choice
0: for a while. Let's let's just say it that. I mean, they, they traded at King's Ransom for a guy that might not end up being the guy. Um and it's insult to injury when the guy that went number two pretty much definitely gonna be the guy. <laughs> like oh, uh, it's rough. Anyways, NFC West. Mark and I were very bearish on the Cardinals. Um, I like the Rams, I like the Seahawks. I like the Niners. Uh, Seahawks were they? I think they were only an eight-win team, weren't they?
1: Yeah, they fell apart.
0: Yeah, they fell apart. Um, but I was two
1: and two. It looks like you were three and one.
0: Three and one. Yep, got Seahawks wrong. Um, look, and it, it, not only did the Rams look solid this season, I think they're finally back in a, a spot where they they've reset themselves from how aggressively they spent three years ago now. And you're looking forward to a team that has a lot of young talent that they've been successfully able to develop. Stafford has a year left. Uh, their receiving core obviously is one of the better ones in the league. Offensive line learned how to protect. Defense is is pretty solid.
1: This Rams team, man, I mean, there's, there's a lot of positives, a lot of things to John, look forward to. John, this is why our, what we just talked about, right, a second ago was the Panthers going all in on a on a trade-up for a draft pick. Right, mm-hmm. And that was a huge swing and a miss, and it just set their franchise back. You're probably looking at at least five or six years to get back to being legitimately able to compete for a Super Bowl. Right? Um, the Rams went all in on free agency. And everybody thought, well, they better win it. And they, well, they did. And it was like, well, now they're going to have to pay the price for a few years and suck. I mean, they weren't great, but they weren't bad. And uh, they were very close to beating the Detroit Lions in a playoff game. And that's only a few years removed from winning the Super Bowl. I'd have to say that what I learned from this lesson is go all in on free agents that have proven they can do it in the NFL way before you go all in on a draft pick. I think getting
0: aggressive and trading up in the draft is incredibly, incredibly risky. Um, I do too. And I think free
1: agency is if you're going to be aggressive and I think more teams should be because it's a win now league. If you're going to be aggressive, you should do it on free agent players that have proven themselves in the league.
0: Yeah, and even then, I mean, that's what Denver did for Russell Wilson.
1: That's true. But and they <laughs> rough situation. Yeah, I mean, it's true. That is true. It is. I true. just and think regardless of what the, the Jets gamble... did for Aaron Rodgers. But again, it that, you know, that looked more promising. We didn't really get to see a whole lot of what that was going to look like. Um, yeah, I think. Uh, I don't know. It's tough.
0: I think regardless it's a gamble. I think it's less of a gamble in free agency. I mean that's the best way I can put it. Like
1: it worked out big time for the Rams. I mean they'll have that Super Bowl forever and you know a lot of people thought that they'd have to suffer longer than they have and they are right back in the thick of things. I mean they're exactly. right back in it.
0: Um AFC South. Uh, we both said over on the Texans, said under on the Colts, which you're wrong about. I said over on the Titans, you said under and then we both went over on the Jags. Three and one again
1: for me. I'm three and one on almost every single one of these.
0: I did really bad on this one. I mean, no, I didn't, I guess, but no, I didn't. I went
1: one and three. So (laughs) three and one. I mean, we're getting a common trend here. You're going one and three on almost. I mean, you've had a few where you've got me, but I swept the NFC North.
0: So that is cool. That
1: is cool. And I will say, I will say, we were both very high on. The Texans, because of their aggressive move in the draft, ironically. And we we, like D'Amico Ryan. We we like the D'Amico Ryans, C.J. Stroud, Will Anderson. Let's go all in. Um, And we just thought that this team was going to be hungry and and play like a young, motivated team. That's exactly what they did. The The Colts one is tough because, you know, they did start Anthony Richardson, and I will double down, triple down, quadruple down on this. Anthony Richardson as a starter was, what, one and two?
0: Yeah, whatever. I, I he was battling so much injury. I don't even know when they officially said he was out for the season. I think I think if Anthony Richardson truly was the starter, and this is what we said, that we said the Colts weren't worried about winning games; they were worried about developing Anthony Richardson, which is crazy. That that Gardner Minshew philosophy. was the guy, dude. He pro Bowl. Gardner, I was about to say, hey, if you told me Gardner Minshew was was leading this Colts team, eh, Minshew Mania, did or, and, and we did, nine. and
1: we did. We warned the people that Minshew is better than Anthony Richardson, and when people just Admit that. You'll be better. And next year, they'll start Anthony Richardson. And they'll lose more games than they would if they started Minshew. They just want to be right about their draft picks. Some, some coaches and owners want to be, validate themselves for being right so much that they'll sacrifice wins to do it. And I do not
0: feel any better about the Colts and Anthony Richardson starting next year, frankly.
1: No, Anthony so. Richardson's not the answer.
0: Never was. Yeah, so we'll see. And then Jags, I mean, T-Law was was battling injury all year. Um, so I, I'm going to take this with a grain of salt. Um, he was they, really good before he got hurt. Yeah. He was playing the, really good. The they were like they were wagon. Good. Yeah. They looked really good. And then uh, things kind of fell apart for them at the, and man, so important winning football games after Thanksgiving. I mean, it can totally change. And staying franchise. healthy and staying, staying healthy, healthy is a big, yeah. I mean,
1: you got to keep your quarterback healthy. Like you just, you have to
0: critical. And then last but not least, AFC West. Um, which I think Broncos went seven and ten. So we were very wrong on the Chargers. Um, but other than that, I think we're well, no, KC was an eleven win team, so you're wrong in KC too. That
1: stinks. Um, that's not true. They're gonna be a twelve win team. <laughs> well, that we can't count <laughs> playoffs, but good job. And also uh... they, they're already they're
0: already a twelve win team. No, this right. counts playoffs. No, that and then Raiders is eight and nine. No, it doesn't count playoffs.
1: Yes, it does. They take that into uh, account. Shut up, Mark. Um, so
0: we really didn't do well on this one either. Now that I'm looking at it, J- are the Raiders going to be good or bad next season? That's what I'm trying to figure out. I don't like know. I time.
1: don't know if I don't know if hiring Pierce just because he had like a few good wins as a interim coach and because the players liked him is necessarily like the smartest thing in the world there are some very good candidates out there um i think he did a good job as a interim head coach that doesn't mean you're gonna be a good head coach like yeah
0: i mean passaccia you know took them to the playoffs the one year and then i think it's like PDSD for messing
1: that up like you i you, guess yeah i mean listen I, the players clearly uh vouched for him and max crosby wanted him there and yeah and that's know. like you know
0: Cliff might have been a good OC hire because then you do kind of bring in some of that, like, highly successful
1: brains into the
0: mix. And I don't,
1: I don't know, man. I, I don't know. I think that they could be very good, very bad type of thing. I think what they I think teams should go after the because stu- they have some studs on the Raiders. I think teams that are contending cough, cough, the Detroit Lions should go after some of the guys that they have. And make their team a true contender.
0: Well, I don't, I don't know if that's going to happen anymore because Crosby was like, "I'm going to
1: ask for a trade
0: if you don't hire Pierce," and then they hired Pierce. Yeah, uh... but
1: let's see where he's at when they start one and five. You're right. You know. Yeah. Let's see when he's going through another year of of shit, and his hometown Detroit Lions are six and zero. Oh, a wagon again. And yeah. you know what I mean. So let's yeah, see where sure. that all is. But
0: and now uh, I'm so sorry for this graphic. Uh... <laughs> but this was our, I think like two thirds of the way season, like power rankings. Right. And we, obviously the Eagles fell apart basically this week on, um, Dallas fell apart. You know, Baltimore looked good. Dolphins, obviously lions. Like, I I mean, here's where we end Yeah. Here's where we ended up. Um, and I'm a. I'm so sorry. I smashed these records in between everything. And like I said, I whipped up like six graphics in about thirty minutes. So bear with me here. But um, I think overall, like, Cowboys are the funniest one to me. Twelve and five team. I put them 14th because they lost the worst in the wild card round. So they are the worst playoff team. By I that. honest, John. I think <laughs> that
1: you doing you using that measurement. And Drew just said something too in the chat. You using that measurement of how to dictate the worst, like just because they lost the worst, putting a twelve and five Dallas team at fourteen and having the Browns, Steelers, Dolphins, Rams, Eagles, Texans, Bucks, Packers all ahead of them is crazy. I know what you're saying, but you just wanted to put the the Cowboys as far down as you possibly could. One, you 100%. Sick, mind. one hundred percent.
0: One, one hundred percent. Two. Could have beat Green Bay and
1: then we wouldn't be having this discussion. So I don't know. Yeah, really care. but that is insane. Um, that is insane. Drew, 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 Drew says he'll allow. <laughs> but it doesn't always work because you have the Lions ahead of the Ravens. The Ravens beat the shit out of Detroit earlier in the year, and you can't I, convince me it would I
0: what was their score versus Kansas City? Though, I get the scores,
1: what? dude, but come on. Also, uh they have another they have one more win than Detroit
0: don't care yeah uh, dallas has a bunch more wins than everybody yes <laughs> that's
1: what i'm saying is this is so you know what? whatever it balances out john did it his way of he wanted to, punish dallas fans. to
0: rank dallas also I, so i went to sign up planet last night in dallas because they weren't coming to austin Uh shout out for for garrett coming on to talk about his 49ers um a couple weeks ago onto the show um He shouted, can I get a go Niners to the Dallas crowd? And I was the only person in the entire crowd of like a thousand people that shouted go Niners back at him. All the Dallas people were booming. It was freaking awesome.
1: Um, That's ballsy in a crowd in Dallas to do that. Yeah, no, it's all
0: right. I only moshed for like one song, and that was well after the fact. I think they forgot about me by then. I'm saying on
1: his part, not on your part. Oh, on his part,
0: yeah. Well, yeah. somebody threw a stars jersey on the stage, and he put it on though, so you know, it kind of made amends a little bit. I don't know. I'd be pissed if I was there, <laughs> and he was like, "Go Niners." <laughs> um, and then yeah, I mean, we are back to reality. Thank you for reviewing receipts with us for 45 minutes, Mark. Do you have anything to say to close out how you felt like going into the season, what you felt like you were totally vindicated by, what you ended up being completely wrong about, and how you will take those lessons and use them for next season?
1: Um, You know, I like to take the receipts as an opportunity because the numbers don't lie. The stats don't lie. Uh, John and I on this podcast know what we're talking about, and uh, I don't think you can argue that we know ball. You look at some of the, you know, it's not even always just a spread and over under picks thing. Some of the fantasy draft stuff we did early on this year was spot on. I mean, get, look at John's top five rookies like he was four. You want to argue you could argue it was five for five, but he was absolutely without a doubt four for five. And that's a huge deal in fantasy drafts like getting rookies and because and, you don't know what they're going to translate. to. I'm and three you years
0: to, running doing that. You what, have to know
1: ball you? to be able to translate uh, college success to pros because it doesn't always work. And you have to truly be able to recognize talent and understand how it fits into a system in order to pick that right. And he did. Um, You have to really understand talent to look at a team that lost three straight games, the Niners, and look at a Chiefs team that struggled all year and say those are the two teams that are going to make it to the Super Bowl. And you have to be pretty ballsy and confident to call that six weeks ago before the playoffs even started before the chiefs were even you know got a home game in the playoffs like it was looking like they might not even get a home game it was looking like like, it was looking like the niners you know might fall apart and the brock purdy hate started pouring down and i still doubled down on that you know so i think that we know ball in this podcast and then when you look at it in totality like our best bets i mean 48 and 26 against the spread using over-unders this year um, that is just looking at the numbers and not looking at the details of it. And John was not bad either. 34 and 36 is pretty damn good in picks against the spread and including over-unders. and That's pretty darn good as well. Um, you're better at math than me. What's our total combined wins and losses in our best bets? If you just rode with us all year long, you'd be up a significant amount. Yeah, except I, I really bring
0: down the average. We would be 82 and 62. Which even that pretty mean, darn good. Thanks for carrying, Mark, because hey, you definitely carry
1: that. But that's only in that aspect. But, but there we pick a lot of things. We do a lot of draft coverage. We do fantasy football stuff. And um, all I can say is, if you if you enjoy talking football, you enjoy hearing football being talked about, and you enjoy hearing people that end up being either really really right or sometimes occasionally really really wrong. This is your place. This is the place to be.
0: Accurate. Um, yeah, I would say. Looking at my some of the takes, some of the things that I went through, um I do kind of wish that you know, looking back, I actually felt like like I thought I was gonna be a lot more correct on the the uh, win total spreads that I ended up being. so I'm not happy that there's a couple divisions. I got blatantly wrong. Um, stoked on the fantasy football predictions that I made. Uh, and I do think that um overall like we kind of had a good feel. both of us really had a good pulse for where things were headed in the in the playoffs, who was the fraudulent teams, who, who were the contenders? Um, you know, I'm proud of Green Bay being able to turn it around and that take aging properly because it looked like for a second that wasn't, they looked really bad to start the season and they ended up being, you know, a playoff team that, you know, almost knocked off the 49ers. Um, you know, so I'm, I'm pretty stoked about how we, uh, went about the season. And like I said, now we have a template. Now we have formats for all of this stuff. We're going to be a lot better at documenting this stuff and then pulling it back up. And we'll uh, still be,
1: by the way, we'll be wrong sometimes. We'll be right sometimes. We're going to be right more than we're wrong. That's the standard we live by. There's no doubt about it on this podcast. We will be right more than we're wrong. Um, I will say, too, John, there was a short period during this year's episodes where I was unconscious. I mean, I, I think I went three straight weeks without losing a best bet. I had i had Michigan um, winning the national championship with all kinds of alternate spreads. I've been heavy on the Chiefs throughout the playoffs. And it's, you know, I was going, I was riding with Detroit for the most of these playoffs. Um, It has been very nice as a, as a football gambler for the last, I don't know, three, four months.
0: I'm also going to say this, um, Groundhog's Day which i have gone on a couple of rants with a couple of friends cuz i like i finally had it this this year like i got very upset um this groundhog is 39% accurate predictions since the 1880s so you have to kill this groundhog and get a new one so you you literally well that's the problem is whatever his name is Puxwani phil or whatever he they, they're they claiming it's not like like I was like, oh, that's like the name of the current groundhog that's doing this entire thing. No, what their claim is, is that they have discovered an elixir that keeps them alive. And it's the same groundhog since 1880 that's been predicting it, which that just pisses me off. So it's like, all right, so we have this this fountain of youth groundhog that we keep around every year and make him the most famous person in the world for a day every single year so that. He can be worse than a coin flip in predicting on whether or
1: not spring is going to come early. I mean, John, basically, like if we were 39% of the stuff that we get right on this podcast, I would hope people would come and kill us and start podcasts as new and that's, with new hosts. that's where I was going. Is, what, why, 39%? I mean, are you even paying attention to what's happening? Why are we as a nation continuing to go along with this? Because we're idiots, dude. We're I'm idiots and we, we're bought into I just, the tradition. I, I don't it. even, I think it's an overrated tradition. I think it's all. You it know, is.
0: And I, I just started doing my research. I'm like, "All right, how how accurate is this groundhog actually? What is this the same groundhog? No, well, it isn't, obviously. John, th- we know what is. we I you know what you have
1: to do. Kill the groundhog. You have to assassinate this groundhog. <laughs> uh, but he apparently he's immortal. John, it's the only no, you have to drown the elixir out of whatever system they have so that they can't use it. He dies naturally. They don't know what happened, and then we replace the groundhog and
0: we have to predict spring early every year?
1: Nope. We just have well, to get a groundhog that at least has
0: a fresh start. I think I I think it should just be called quarter's day and we go out with a quarter and flip it and if it's heads
1: Why don't we have you crawl out of a hole and you decide whether it's going to be <laughs> Is it going to be based You'll... on my shadow or no? I mean it... I mean it's up to you. Hmm. You decide. You're the you're yeah. the decision maker. You'd be better than 39%, I'll tell you that much.
0: I'm I'm so sorry for diverting this, but I was like betting spreads, stats, whatever. All right, this is a perfect opportunity for me to to come after Groundhog's Day because I've just been I've just been seething about it this entire week, and I had to use the platform that I have uh, to go in and bash it publicly. Well,
1: speaking of best bets, John, I was two and zero again on championship. You were, Sunday, and I was, I was one, and you were one and zero. I just
0: I just took lions, yeah, and they covered, so.
1: Alright, you wanna um, know as well. So the hot streak continues here on the Practice Squad Pod. And now we have one thing
0: left to do for the however long we end up talking about this, which is preview. The goddamn Super Bowl is what it is. Freaking Super Bowl. Um and I'm trying to get this like so
1: I can there we go. It's trying to get the entire freaking graphic of the the game. best day in sports, the best game, the best individual game, the best moment, the biggest moment of the year. Should be should be a national. Speaking of things that are, are like a national holiday, that shouldn't be Groundhog's Day out. Super Bowl should be a national holiday, confirmed. So I it took a,
0: I took Super Bowl Monday um, off of work just because I'm trying to set that standard of like, why are you making people come into work the day after? This Everybody
1: week? should. I unfortunately with my job cannot do that, but I will be watching this game no matter what, and I will be enjoying this game no matter what. As you oh, please, should, please. as one should, as everybody should. Um,
0: I will say this uniform matchup this
1: year sucks. That's sucks. Not my only complaint. Horrible, um, horrible uniform matchup. Will this be? You know what, John? Let's play a little game, okay? Um, I'm going to tell you a storyline headline re- in regards to this game, and you tell me big deal or not a big deal. Okay. Cool? Is yeah, that fair? I like it. I like this bit. Taylor Swift going to the game. Big deal, not a big deal.
0: Um. Big deal. Uh. For the sport of football. Um, I think there is some uh, data that was posted that the NFL could, you know, attribute roughly $300 million in additional revenues as a result of Taylor Swift attending the games. Uh, Not only that, uh, the Japanese embassy actually put a statement out, right? Think about how hard it is is for you to get a
1: visa, to go anywhere. The freaking
0: embassy is like, yeah, yeah, we're going to make sure that she plays her concert. And then, you know, in the 12-hour... Like we're gonna get her does. there. We're gonna She's get her. gonna get
1: there. So we're gonna, gonna stop the game. We're gonna pause the. It's. I think it's a big deal too. Um, could be the most viewed Super Bowl ever, partially because of that. But higher um, number
0: of Swifties than average will be watching. For yeah. Sure. Okay. Big
1: deal or not a big deal? Uh, bro- uh, Brock Purdy, um, being only in his second year, is the moment too big for him, or has he made for this big deal or not a big deal? Brock Purdy slander.
0: Not a big deal. All he has to do is his job. I am so exhausted of the Brock Purdy slander. I don't understand it. He is in his second year ever as a starter and he was Mr. Irrelevant and he's in the Super Bowl. I don't and I the argument of well, he's the you know, the eleventh worst player on that offense, so freaking what if he is. I don't know any Super Bowl caliber team where the the quarterback by default has to be the best player on the team. That doesn't make any sense to me like every quarterback on earth benefits from having weapons in an offensive line. The 49ers have that. I am exhausted fact. of the Brock Purdy slam.
1: Fact, 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 um, big deal or not a big deal. The Chiefs sound like they're going to have Jarek McKinnon back at running back, who was a super bowl hero last year. And they also have Kadarius Tony practicing big deal or not a big deal.
0: Oh, I got to divvy those up big deal. <laughs> big, not a big deal for Jarek McKinnon because I think, uh, Pacheco is the show stealer there and I just think the diversity in the run game, the change of pace is going to be good for KC though, they be- really benefit off of that Um, huge deal that Kadarius Toney is playing because he's going to steal reps from other people that are actually good at the sport of football
1: I think Kadarius Tony's is going to make a play in this game that's going to help him win the Super Bowl and I think people are going to be surprised and hushed, I, I think Kadarius Toney is a, I th- he is a home run hitter guy and if he makes the play that's true it makes the catch he's a special special player with the ball in his hands whether it's a punt return whether it's a screen pass that he takes big whether it's a double move that he has a huge play on i think Kadarius tony makes a play in this game that helps the chiefs win this game that's i'm just gonna say it i think it's a big deal having both those guys back um big deal or not a big deal kyle shanahan chokes in big games choked in the 28-3 comeback as the llc falcons against the patriots blew a 10-point lead against the Chiefs in the last time they played in the Super Bowl going into the fourth quarter, choked against the uh, Eagles, I guess you could count that as a choke, maybe not, choked against the Rams in the NFC Championship game?
0: Um, I'm saying no because I feel like they are exercising their old demons through this uh, postseason. The 49ers, uh, prior to this postseason, were not a team that could ever come back in the fourth quarter. They just didn't have it in them. I think their stats was like either like oh and thirty three or one and thirty three, something like that. And in back to back games, they looked like shit in the first half, and they found a way to come back um, and win games when they needed to. And look, it, old habits die hard, but it seems like those habits are dying. And I think that Shanahan, if this if he doesn't win this year, um, I really don't know what it's going to take because everything for this team has gone the way it needed to. Injury bug never got him that bad. Um, all their weapons are there. They're about to have to owe a lot of people a lot of money. It's it's a it's tough, It's an interesting okay. situation. So I do not think that will play a factor in the Super
1: Bowl. OK, I think it will. Um, but I will still call it a not a big deal. Uh, two Mahomes things. Okay, they're separate. Okay. All right. First one, big deal or not a big deal. This is a goat bull. This is a if he wins this one, uh, he is actually ahead of pace to pass Tom Brady. Um, in terms of Super Bowl wins, playoff wins, statistically numbers in the playoffs, like he is actually ahead in almost every category than Tom Brady at this stage in his career. If he is to win this game, is that a big deal? Or not a big deal in the storylines of this game. Um, I
0: definitely think it's a big deal, except man, it just I don't know if it's here's the here's the weird thing. Casey's like gone uh like win loss, win loss in their like postseason appearances when it comes to AFC championships and Super Bowls. They won last year. I don't know. The problem is is that they had a legitimate Achilles heel when they played Tampa, and that was they could not handle Tampa's pass rush uh specifically their interior their guards were really banged up and that interior pressure just made neutralize pat Palms. i i don't i'm struggling to see that this this season where that weakness is that the 49ers can exploit and so i think the odds kind of are in their favor right now and i do think if they do win it yeah i mean i, I don't know how else you could dispute that this is another dynasty that could rival or exceed the Patriots, um, which is crazy to say. You know, only years after that window with the with Brady and Bill Belichick and the Patriots. Brady retires closed. two
1: years ago, and he's already having his goat stat. Could you imagine Michael Jordan retired him, and, and then LeBron was getting called the goat like two years later? It's crazy, dude. It's, it's absolutely like- nuts.
0: And I think most people thought that what the Patriots accomplished could never be accomplished again. No, I know, and, it's and already- Casey's already giving that
1: that entire. 20 year run. The thing Brady always will have, and this is why Mahomes, in my opinion, has to win like one more Super Bowl than Tom Brady won in order, no matter how good his numbers are, he's got to have eight rings because Tom Brady's 2 0 against him in the playoffs. So the head to head, I don't care that Mahomes was young, Tom Brady was old. All right, it cancels out. That having that 2 0 in the playoffs against him directly, including one of them being a Super Bowl matchup. Mahomes is going to have to have eight rings or more for me to ever say he is truly better as an all-time quarterback than Tom Brady. I think Mahomes has been incredibly special, um, and I do think that that probably is the biggest storyline of this entire Super Bowl, is it's the Mahomes show. He wins this one. He is reaching new heights that we've never seen a quarterback at his age reach, besides Tom Brady. So, um, and my last big storyline, or not a big storyline, in regards to this game— Unless you have other ones that you want to ask me. Um,
0: I have I like more like, so like, true or false, right? But okay. I mean, I mean, what you got.
1: Patrick Mahomes has never lost a game in the stadium. He's very comfortable in the stadium. Plays the Raiders mm-hmm. there once a year. Uh, he it's a new stadium, them- though.
0: What, it's three years old?
1: Yeah, he's never lost in it. Kay. Plays very well in it every time. Has more wins in it than the Raiders have in it. <laughs> that one's rough. <laughs> Is that so, real? No, it, no. I, actually, it might be. I think it's two years old. Isn't this stadium two years old? And the Chiefs have... No, it can't be true. That would be so funny if it was. I don't think it's true. I know he has more playoff wins in it.
0: Well, yeah, right. Um, Okay. True or false, the team that has the better tight end performance will win this game.
1: False. Why? Um, I don't know for sure if it's going to happen, but I think Kelsey will have a better performance no matter what. And I could see I could see Kittle having a quiet game like statistically, but the Niners like winning the game just because of pass rush or a turnover or something like that. Kelsey's going to be better than Kittle for sure, statistically, in this game. But I don't know if that guarantees the Chiefs to win. I think the Chiefs will win for other reasons.
0: Similar, similar line of questioning. True or false. uh, The 49ers wide receiver differential is going to cause problems because I think I think the 49ers receiving core is exponentially better than KC's.
1: I don't think it matters because the quarterback position is so exponentially different. I think I think Mahomes is so much more talented and better overall than Brock Purdy and has already been in this moment and knows what it's like to play in a game like this. I think that that is more so much more valuable than the fact that he has worse receivers to throw to. He makes the receivers he has great. Um yeah, I I agree with that. Also
0: And I I was going to try, I was thinking of a way to frame this into true or false, but I actually think this is better to just have an entire discussion over defense. We haven't even talked about it yet. This matters a lot. 49ers pride themselves on having a damn good defense. Problem is I think they match up poorly, similar to how they matched up poorly against the lions. Um, Their pass rush. Isn't going to be able to do a whole lot. I don't think any pass rush this entire season has against KC. Um, which linebackers weaknesses exploited. And then obviously like, you know, you have really good tight end doesn't bode well for, you know, the fact that their safeties aren't very good. Right. Um, Laporta gave him problems with that against the law. And looking the other direction, man, Casey's defense has only looked better and better through this postseason. They've, they've looked like they've been unstoppable. I'm really, I'm convincing myself right now that I, that should be one of the more, defining factors of this game and the more that i think about it the more i think that really tips the scales against the 49ers
1: um yeah i mean i think for the most part you're spot on there i will say uh the chiefs struggle with their offensive tackles Uh, a lot of holding penalties a lot of false starts leaving early they've struggled all year with matching up with good end rushers and guess who the night they they get to him, but he makes a miss, or right. he makes, or he beats him with a you know a blitz. Like he's got a lot of sight adjusts, a lot of hot alerts, and he's very very good at recognizing. Oh shit, you're gonna beat my tackle. I'm just gonna get the ball out now and not take the sack. But I could see penalties going against the Chiefs being a problem. Nick Bosa, Chase Young. I think they're gonna get after this quarterback. I don't know if they're gonna get a lot of sacks, but they're going to create pressures and they're going to create holding calls which backs up and kills a drive most of the time, especially in a big game like this. You cannot afford to have, have third and 15, third yeah. and 17. Like it's not easy to convert. Um, but with that, with that being said, the chiefs can also get after the quarterback um, and they do it for more of an interior push. And I think Brock Purdy, we already saw him have several passes batted down against Detroit. Detroit had nowhere near the pass rush that Kansas city has um, expect Mike Dana and chris jones and some of these guys and again they're blitzing like reed and mcduffie and and tranquil are coming off the edge or coming from a linebacker spot uh is willie gay back in this game do we know i don't know i don't know where his injury is standing because that's a big piece as well because he's another very important piece to this Chiefs defense, but um, you're right. The Chiefs defense has been a uh, top two defense pretty much all year long, and has been even better in the playoffs. And Spags is one of the best big game defensive Jay's coordinators. He's good to play, and so is He's good me. to play.
0: He's fully healthy. He was dealing with like yeah, after Chiefs, so but yeah, so both of so, them are good to go.
1: John, I mean, here's the, I mean, do you have any other storylines or true or false before I get into my?
0: I don't uh, think picks? so. I I think I I want to hear your thesis on where this game's going to end up, and I'll caution. Uh, those listening, Mark's opinion is much stronger than mine on how this game's going to end up. I still can be convinced either way. So
1: um, let me see if I can sell you. OK, my goal from this take is to have John on this episode on air say that he thinks the Chiefs will win and to be confident about it. That's my goal. All right. So you tell me if, if, if and if I don't succeed in it, that's OK. If you want to pick the Niners or if you're not confident, you're not sold. That's OK. Um, but I'm going to try to sell you on this. Uh, the Chiefs have the second-best quarterback, debatably the first-best quarterback of all time on their roster. He's been in this moment before. He's done it before. Uh, he already has two Super Bowl wins, um, and he's he's Thanos. He's inevitable. Every time that you guys think that this guy's not going to win a game, he does. Uh, let's look at some examples. Last year in the Super Bowl, who was favored in that game, John? The Philadelphia Eagles were. What happened in that game? Mahomes um this year in the playoffs the buffalo bills at buffalo were favored by two and a half to beat the chiefs what happened in that game patrick mahomes the ravens in baltimore in their first afc championship game hosting in a very long time were four and a half point favorites what happened in that game mahomes in this super bowl the niners are two point favorites in this game what will happen mahomes Okay, so that's the main storyline. Patrick Mahomes, it doesn't matter who's on the other end. It just so happens to be Brock Purdy, who has not been in this position before, who has a lot of pressure on him um, with a coordinator calling the plays with a head coach, Kyle Shanahan, who's also choked under this moment many times before. I just I don't see how you can possibly put your money where your mouth is on the San Francisco 49ers. Um, Not only that, this defense in the Niners, they've gotten torched by the Green Bay Packers and Jordan Love. They've gotten torched by Jared Goff and the Detroit Lions, neither of which are nearly in the same stratosphere as Patrick Mahomes in this offense with Andy Reid as a play caller. Um, You have Andy Reid, who's been a Super Bowl play caller. He's been there, done that. He's one of the best big game play callers in the world on offense. You have Spags on the defense, who's one of the best big game play callers on the defense. And you have a choke artist in Kyle Shanahan calling the plays for the 49ers. Right, So the coaching advantage, I'm going to give to the Chiefs as well. you got the quarterback, you got the coach advantage there. And then you have the defensive advantage. So far in the playoffs this year, the Chiefs have been the best defense in the NFL playoffs this year, and the Niners have struggled and had to come from behind against two teams from the NFC North that, let's be honest, I don't think are the same level of competition in a playoff game as the Kansas City Chiefs are. All that being said, with the fact that it's in Vegas and Mahomes has never lost in that stadium, he's played in that stadium more times than Brock Purdy, and the fact that they're the home team in this game and they feel like it's kind of their thing to lose mixed with all of that keep in mind added motivation when Mahomes is an underdog. The guy is now I think 10 and 2 in his career outright as an underdog where he literally wins the game. That's almost unheard of. Um how can you possibly pick against this team? Um I think my biggest issue
0: and and we were talking about this before the game or you know the the stream started was I always am looking for like a matchup that is going to matter a lot. Right. And I've been really good about that over the years. I'm kind of saying, okay, based off of these matchups, this is how the Super Bowl might look. Right. Um, talk about, you know, Casey and the Eagles and how their lines matched up, how, how their, uh, you know, secondary is going to match up against Casey's receivers, things like that. Same thing, Rams Bengals. And, um, you know, and by the way, like I do, what I do for my betting actually throughout the year um, is like a pool. It's like 10,000 points. You get through the season. You, you play them throughout the year. Um, and me betting a Super Bowl parlay out of the five or six years that I've done that has won me the pool twice out of like 40, 50 guys, right? Pretty solid payday. Um, and so I'm in that same situation right now. I, I get a parlay correct. I'm in pretty good odds to actually, um, you know, win that entire pool over again. And I'm just struggling to figure out what my thesis is for that. I will say, Mark, you made a lot of really good arguments there. I'm just struggling to see on the field how some like you're right. Statistically, shouldn't bet against Pat Mahomes as an underdog. Probably a bad idea. Andy Reid's been there. Mahomes has been there. This team has been there. Defense is lights out. I'm just tr- struggling to see like where is that fault line in the 49ers or KC that is going to actually like, you know, determine the outcome of the game. Um, So I got to think on that a little bit more. But as we've gone through this podcast, I feel like it's really Casey's defense. That is all the things you said about Pat Mahomes, all the things that you said about Andy Reid, accurate. I see a situation in which Casey gets up against the Niners. And unlike the last two playoff games, they can't claw back because Casey's defense is playing lockdown. And it's, it's something they can't overcome. I think that's the most likely scenario. With that, let's get to our best bets.
1: Um I'm still undecided on who I'm gonna John, can I ask you some game? questions before we get to our best bets? Yeah, sure. Regarding this game. I just I'm just these I just want just yes or no, just normal simple questions. Uh, who do you think's more likely to turn the ball over in this game, Mahomes or Brock Purdy? I
0: See Kadarius Tony uh, to start the season, uh, a pick six went off of his hands. So I don't know if it's fair to blame Mahomes. I think turnover potential is pretty equal between
1: the two teams. You think that Brock Purdy is just as likely to throw a pick in his first Super Bowl ever as Patrick Mahomes is in his third appearance? Okay, I'll give appearance? it to
0: you. Purdy's more likely
1: to generate a turnover. Sure. Okay, that's because I think you know ball security is the biggest swaying. That's the number one thing that sways games is turnovers. Right? You saw right. what happens to the Ravens. Um. Which defense forced more, more turnovers this year? Do you know? Got to be KC. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that that's another point there. Um, which defense is higher rated all year long and oh, in the playoffs? I know KC, for sure. So let me ask you this. If pretending this game wasn't this week and I just told you Patrick Mahomes is in a Super Bowl again, and it doesn't matter who they're playing against, but he's got the number one defense in the league behind him. And he's going against a quarterback that's more likely to turn the ball over than he is. You don't feel pretty strongly about the outcome of that game? Yeah. Which I team don't... has a more reliable kicker, John? Yeah, KC. Um, yeah, Moody's missed some big kicks in the last few weeks. So that really doesn't worry been. you at all in a game that could be, you know, two-point No, two all, points all these are valid
0: arguments. I'm just not – it's it's still just, like, it's a tight You know game what scares today,
1: me, John? And this will bring you back to, like, okay. Yeah, you're, like, full, fair. like, villain monologue mode right now. I love it. Oh, I totally like, am. Because like, I literally – I can't understand why anybody in the right mind – I can't understand. This is the only thing that scares me. Why are the Niners two-point favorites? What do they know that we don't know? Why in the in a game that there's going to be billions bet on, where every bookie in the entire world, every mathematician, every guy like Drew behind the scenes that is a math genius, numbers crunching betting guy, has the Niners as a two point favorite? Why? What do they know that we don't know, John?
0: Yeah, I don't know. I'll see That's if Drew what scares a response me response or not, and if there's any reason for that because I'd li- I'd like to uh, to hear about it from because if like, I recall, John, last I week's episode,
1: like I asked you blindly what you thought the spread would be. And you said chiefs minus three. Yeah. I
0: thought chiefs were going to be favored for sure. Yeah.
1: So that's a big swing.
0: You're saying it's because KC does not have uh as an explosive offense in the same way that the Niners would, but I don't even know if I agree with that. Right. Cause oh, it's, it's kind a, of, it's
1: true. Enough. The chiefs have not been as explosive as they have been historically. Right. Um, and the Niners are more explosive. That's just a numbers thing. I don't necessarily know. I mean, I know explosives are another huge thing that leads to wins and losses. Like, you could look at the two biggest stats are turnover ratio and then explosive plays in the NFL that leads directly to wins or losses. Obviously, there's some asterisks and some things that cancel out. But I don't know, man. I just – I don't understand how a guy who's playing um, literally to earn a GOAT title – can possibly be an underdog against somebody who is a second year last pick in the draft. People, people literally still cannot get behind the fact that Brock Purdy's is a good quarterback.
0: Right. Which by the way, Mark and I obviously defend
1: a lot. He is is a good quarterback, but I just, you you can't put him in the same category as Patrick Mahomes, not in a game like this, you know, and, and, and if the Niners defense was playing, like I've seen it play, like when D'Amico Ryans was their coordinator, this is a different story, but they just got gashed the last two weeks. Yeah. I mean, you had guys on that defense that didn't even look like they cared. Chase Young gave up on plays, and that was in an NFC Championship game in the second quarter. Like, right. I don't – their safeties have not been good. The, the very, Packers been very were bad. full of 22, 23-year-old receivers tearing them apart. I mean, Jordan Love, give him credit, had a hell of a second half of the season, but he was picking them apart at times. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's be honest here. Laporta right. on one leg. picked this team apart what do you think travis kelsey's gonna do with taylor swift in the building yeah best bets you ready i'm ready you know what my best bet's gonna be i don't know if i've been more ever more sure of a super bowl pick in my life by the way in my life in super bowl picks i'm like 12 and 1
0: also we need we're gonna have to discuss this under over because i'm probably gonna pick both of them um but
1: i like i'm going with casey i'm rolling with it casey covering as a best Um, bet yep so is that, is that your that's like you're you're locked in like I convinced you or you're just doing that because you think they're covering? I think they're covering. You don't want to put At, money line. Or are you going to take time to think about who's going to win the game? I still I still need more
0: time to think about it. I think you've made a very compelling argument. I'm much more convinced of Casey winning this game than I was an hour ago, for sure. Um over under 47 and a half. I like the over personally
1: on that too. I I don't think I can do an over under just because I could see this being a defensive game. I could see it getting up, I could see I could see it going either way. Um I just hate betting an over under in a game like this, you know. Two really good defenses, a huge stakes game. You know, obviously there's going to be It's just it's not a very high one. I mean, we're talking what? 3
0: a little over 3 scores from each team, three touchdowns. I mean Yeah, I
1: don't know. I almost think I like the under. Um I mean, I'm gonna
0: take some time to think I'm I'm gonna delete this. I'm gonna say take, take some time to think on that too. I have to do a parlay for
1: I wouldn't do the over under, play. John. I would if you're gonna parlay, um how many legs are you looking to do a parlay? Like how many le- like do you need like a big parlay or you just need a few legs?
0: Well, I think that's my
1: only option is I have over under and I have the spread. <sighs> so That's tough, dude. I mean I would do like a if you could, I would do like a you know, a first half spread like chiefs. First half to no, cover can't, can't do any of that. It's, it's really? literally just straight. Well up. then. Um, yeah. I don't know. You're kind of playing with fire there. I don't know about over under, I do know the chiefs are going to win this game. And if you think otherwise, and you go in and you put money on the Niners, you're going to hate yourself um if you're wrong because it's like why how like why do i keep betting against patrick Mahomes? why do i think that this guy is gonna fail i mean i already told you the guy doesn't fail as an underdog very very rarely i think the only times he's failed as an underdog was against brady so it's like all right checks out right immovable object unstoppable force um Everybody,
0: thank you for sitting through this episode, hearing Mark and I kind of review the season, how things went, where teams ended up. And then I think we just previewed the Super Bowl for like 30 minutes. And by the way, there's probably podcasts out there that are going to do it for like three hours. Um, So plenty of stuff you can talk about. Speculating this game. It's going to be awesome. Hope you get, look, as Mark said, should be a national holiday. Don't know why it isn't yet. Enjoy times with your family. Enjoy the food that you're going to eat. Enjoy the betting enjoy the twitter conversation enjoy all of it because this is the last time you're going to see professional football for about uh what seven months six months so um a lot of fun stuff to discover and talk about in the off season obviously tampering period comes up in march draft after that all of that good stuff and we are going to do an excellent job covering it because we have only improved in the last year and really the draft was our breakout as a podcast i think uh had the most eyes on this podcast and on the content we were putting out ever was last draft. And we are going to top it this year. I can assure you of that. So thank you again and enjoy your Super Bowl holiday. Hopefully you can take off work on Monday, recover a little
1: bit because you guys deserve it. Peace. Take the Chiefs. Peace.